Listening Room, a podcast dedicated to the art and science of sound, presented by Kev. My name is Jack Sharkey, and I'd like to welcome you to The Listening Room. This podcast is brought to you by Kef, where musical perfection is not just a passion, it's an obsession. Our mission here in The Listening Room is to bring the world of music and sound to you one conversation at a time, and today's show covers some new ground for us. Back in June, I wrote a piece for the Kef Direct blog entitled Music as Memory Therapy. Current estimates place the number of Americans with some form of Alzheimer's or dementia at 5.1 million, and like so many other Americans, I also have a relative with Alzheimer's. Although she slips a little further away every day, there is still music for us to share. Frank Sinatra and the big bands bring about peace and calm and that ever-diminishing smile, but so do the Beach Boys and Curtis Mayfield, and it's one of the things that I get to do and have some fun with there is just kind of play music and, and clown around with it, and it's, it's really uh, brought joy to both of us. The Music and Memory Project is leading the efforts to connect Alzheimer's patients to the joys of their musical memories. While doing the research for the piece, I got interested in finding out as much as I could about this wonderful organization and their efforts. So I was delighted when I reached out to the organization, and Executive Director Dan Cohen jumped in and offered to sit down with me for the podcast. So Dan, welcome and thanks for taking some time out of your day to join us here at the Listening Room. My pleasure. Thanks for reaching out, Jack. Appreciate it. Yep. No problem. It's 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 really an honor for for me to be able to do that. And I know in in talking with the people that I work with, um, you know, at, at CAF, we're all excited that we're able to have this discussion with you and talk about you. So now you're in Manhattan, correct? So if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and about your role within the organization. Sure. So you know, I'm a social worker actually by training, although I have a career in technology companies. Um, and in 2006, I'm listening to the radio and a journalist is talking about how the iPod is ubiquitous or everywhere. And, and I thought, well, you know, that may be true, you know, for most young people, they have their own iPods and, and, uh, many of us older adults, but you know, in a nursing home, it just didn't sound uh, true. So I Googled, uh, keywords iPods and nursing homes and uh, even though in the US there are 16,000 nursing homes I couldn't find one that was using music for the people that live there um, and so wow. I called up I live on Long Island I called up a nearby 600 bed county facility and I said look I know music's already a number one recreational activity you have live musicians coming in uh, you have sing-alongs you have a large activity staff uh, but can we see if there's any added value if we were to give everybody their own music, their own favorites? Um, and so they said, sure. And I came in with my laptop and three iPods, and it was just an instant and definitive hit with the residents. Wow. So this was, this was basically the genesis of this whole project. It was just your getting in touch with one nursing home. And, then, and now um, how many facilities have, have you been involved with or, do, or is this, does the group work with or is it, does it work that way? Sure, it, it absolutely does. I mean, you know, when I saw this, it was my thinking, oh, every nursing home would do this. Wow, look at this. This works. And it just didn't turn out that way. You know, just the system was, you know, it's tough to change organizational behavior. But I think even more importantly, we're all, we are all our own experts on music, right? We've all had music since as far back as we right. can remember. And so when I'm saying, wow, you should see what I'm seeing with the music, people go, oh, how how nice, Dan, you're bringing the old people music. And, then, and I went, no, no, you don't get it. What I'm seeing here is really significant for these folks. And so I had to get someone, had to get this on film, a little bit on film. And so I, I found a filmmaker, just come in with me for an afternoon. And we did. And that ended up being Henry, um, a nursing home resident in Brooklyn, who, uh, and, and that's become, it went viral, not right away. You can't make something be viral. Um, right. But uh, on Reddit, 
uh, some kid put the caption on it, this is us in 70 years. Um, and then people started watching it like 25,000 people an hour um, and globally. Uh, and so I knew there was really uh, just great interest. I mean, Alzheimer's disease is a terminal disease. There is no way out. Um, but people are desperate for something, some good news. All we hear is bad news about Alzheimer's. So many people have it. The cure is like they're trying to get to the cure. Um, and so here was something that offered hope to improve life today. Um, and so that was that was the big win. It's been viewed 14 million times more than any other video ever made on the planet related to Alzheimer's or dementia. Wow, that's amazing. I know when I first saw it, it, it just was so sobering and chilling and yet joyful at the same time. And if you haven't seen the video, by all means, go out on YouTube and, and search for it or you can hit the blog because I did, I did do a, um, a link to it on the blog piece that we talked about earlier, the music is memory therapy piece. And it's, it's absolutely stunning. And, and when you see how much joy just a simple song brings to somebody. It, it just convinces you of the importance of this kind of work. And I know that's that's what got me just absolutely hooked on this is because it's it's not deniable what it does. Well, it, well it's true. And to sort of um, answer your question related to so uh, how many how widespread is this? So what 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 I've found is we provide sort of all of the nuts and bolts. How do you make this happen in a facility, in a nursing home, in a hospital, in a hospice at home? And so now we have more than 3,000 of these kinds of organizations who we call them music and memory certified. In other words, it's, you know, you'd think, oh, lots of young people here know how to do iTunes and iPods, no problem. But the issue was you'd get a young staff person saying, oh, I'm going to do this, and they do it successfully with one, two, three, four, five people, but then they hit a wall of institutional resistance. Well, this is great what you're doing, but don't bother anybody else. They're busy. This is great what you're doing, but don't get too many iPods in here. We have all sorts of problems with expensive hearing aids that get lost and broken or dentures and teeth. These are all hassles. We don't want another big hassle with all these little devices floating around here. And so we figured that out. Um, and so we have a response to that. And so we've, we've um, just there are many little questions. They want to be able to do it legally. They don't want to get in trouble in a nursing home. Um, and so we follow iTunes terms and conditions. And so that's our legal sort of uh, flow. Um, and, uh, and we figured it out. And that's why it's a, um, it's a cookie cutter. So our goal um, yes, there are 16,000 nursing homes in the U.S., but there are also 30,000 assisted living facilities, and there are 3,700 hospices, and there are 5,000 hospitals, um, and so we're looking to get in all of those, all 60,000-plus um, health care organizations that cater to the community, because it's not just about old people, uh, but it's about young people, anybody who's getting care. If somebody had a car accident, and they have a stroke or brain injury, I mean, music can be very helpful, and we work closely with closely with music therapists who add a level of expertise as they know this stuff um, and so allow us to get maximize impact, especially for people with um, conditions that are not just a matter of turning on the music. You've got to have just the right music in just the right way, and, and they know that. So you mentioned music therapists. Is that actually a, a function that is pervasive in nursing homes or is, this, is it a new kind of a thing or, or well no music therapists have been around for decades and so do they okay. get all this there is a lot of research around music and health how music you know relaxes you it's you know, it improves your blood pressure i mean uh you right. know it even there are this serious research around it uh, reducing the perception of pain um and so th there are many ways that music is helpful look surgeons will use it when they're doing surgery they'll use it post-op with the patient you know what do you want to 
listen to, and even people who are under, you know, maybe people use less, fewer um, um, medications to, to knock you out. So there are probably 6,000 certified music therapists um, in, uh, in the U.S., but they mostly work with young people. Maybe a 1,000 of those 6,000 work with uh, elders, but uh, there's just too many with uh, so many tens of thousands of care facilities. Their challenge, as they say on the American Music Therapy Association website, they, they can only reach 1% of the people who can benefit. And so we're hoping, because we have many music therapists that are working in the facilities that Music Memory is running, um, and it helps them to reach more people and share their expertise. So have there been studies, I'm sure there have, um, connecting Alzheimer's patients and, 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 and patients with memory issues? Is there, is there a specific thing that happens with music, or is it just some sort of visceral response that, that a patient has just to the joy of the music itself? Well, you know, music, even though there are neuroscientists that have researched extensively and is mapping the brain and understanding more and more how it works, at its core, it's still magical. <laughs> you know, right. Nobody's really figured it out in a way that, uh, you know, just figured it out. Um, and so, you know, but there are things that, that they've learned al along the way. And so uh, unlike some of our senses, which just are like our eyesight or or sense of speech or sense of smell is in one small part of the brain, music lights up a great deal of the brain. So that even though, you know, when uh, Gabby Giffords, the congresswoman, was shot um, in the Southwest and the bullet pierced her speech, speech center of her brain. Um, but, the, but the other side of the brain, you know, the music therapist, uh, a neurologic music therapist, helped tease out that function, make it work um, by singing instead of, you know, girls just want to have... And then not say it, she's going to remember the word. Um, right. And, but if you just said the words to that, um, it wouldn't happen the same way. Um, and so that's the power of music. It's just uh, um, uh, the brain is kind of, uh, there's so many ways, part, different parts of the brain are doing different things. One part is listening to the words of the music. Then there's the rhythm. Then there's the melody. Then there's the association with your own memories as it comes together with that. And then there's your, your, your desire to dance when you hear really good music or uh, you know, or you, or you want to start singing or, you know, people who are in a coma say the thing that they, they remember before they came out of their coma was they remember hearing the music and that helped them a, give them sort of a ladder to step up to get out of the coma. So there's definitely things going on in there, but I suppose that it's very basic level. Kind of who cares if it's giving somebody some joy who's in a tough spot for even three or five or ten minutes, then, you know, the way that I look at it is that's fantastic in and of itself. But if there's this whole other brain function that is the way you describe it to me, I kind of get it's like a physical therapy for the brain to kind of keep things working and, and going along just by exciting these different regions. Well, so I, I think another way to look at it is when someone has uh, some form of dementia, their short-term memory is degraded. And so people think that there's no one home. Um, right. and, but in fact, your emotional system, even with advanced Alzheimer's, your emotional system is very much intact. And the songs that you and I love today, well, if in decades from now we get this disease, we're going to love the same songs. We will not lose the ability to love our music. And so all we're doing is sort of a backdoor on our brain. Let's stay engaged with what's really functioning well. Um, and it's, so it's kind of easy uh, if, if, if we can figure out what music holds personal meaning. It's not just... Oh, you know, Grandpa liked Big Band. Give any old Big Band. No.
Right. Right. Or, or they're like Elvis, play any Elvis. No. You know, what is the song or songs that, that really hold personal meaning? Um, you know, when I started this, people said, Dan, all you have to do is give someone who's with dementia five songs and, uh, it goes through all five and they'll always think it's new playing. But because, <laughs> but, but, you know, and it may sound kind of true, but it's really mostly it's not. just not. Uh, because right. if you or I had to listen to the same five songs over and over again, we'd go nuts. Well, it's no different right. than someone with dementia. It's because it's their emotional system is loving the song. They'll get tired of it, and they might not be able to communicate that to you, or they might get frustrated. Right. So my thing is give people the same 100, 200, 300 songs with dementia uh, as you would for that you or I would want to use. Right, I guess that's where the family can be really important because they can say, "Oh, well, Grandma used to sing this song to me," or "or this was their her wedding song," or, or whatever it happens to be. And you can you can kind of tailor a, a musical program for somebody with the family's help, and that also helps get the family involved in the therapy. It's and, wonderful what we see. It's a great way uh, for families to contribute when they feel so frustrated. There's not much else they can do. Right. right. So here and they can get the, the young people. You know, you mentioned that there are 5.1 million people with dementia in the U.S. Well, um, right now in any state, if you were to ask the teacher friends of yours uh, in your state, um, in the K through 12 curricul- curriculum is the word dementia mentioned once in science or health class. Hmm. And the answer in the U.S. is, I think, almost entirely no. So wow. if this is such a big deal nationally and globally, why is it we don't whisper this topic to our youth? So as a yeah. result, because we're not talking about it, kids develop the same misinformation very often as their parents have. Oh, no, grandma's got Alzheimer's. I, she doesn't know who I am. Therefore, I'm not visiting her. I, she's gone. Um, instead of knowing, well, grandma's emotional system's intact. And you know what? I have this tech savvy. I can help get the family, get that list together and do the technology piece and bring the music and light grandma up. Um, so if we took on average two grandkids per person with dementia in the U.S., uh, you know, some with none, some with 15 grandkids, and you say average of two across five million, that's 10 million youth who like would jump in. We have a ready right. force to do this because right now with these 16,000 nursing homes and all these people, five million people with dementia and the nursing homes, the big challenge is... People are sitting around um, doing nothing. People, you know, a, a time and motion study done um, a couple a couple of nursing homes uh, was that 90% of a, um, a nursing home resident's time is spent idle. And so you mix that with another stat that goes around, which says half the people in nursing homes never, ever, ever get a visitor. And it's not that people, again, don't have relatives. It's just that they, they're sort of either afraid to visit the nursing home, afraid to visit someone with dementia, or, oh, they're taking care of my, rel- you know, my relatives, so I'm not going to visit, um, instead of visiting. And so if, someone, if, if you're in a nursing home and nobody's coming to visit you, and basically you're sitting around waiting for your next meal, you know, that's a reason for decline, even if your physical status is right, right in and of itself. Yeah. You know, and I guess it goes back to talking about the education because we don't really put a lot of effort into educating people. Then they don't understand what's going on. And, and the natural human thing when you don't understand something is to always kind of push back a little bit and kind of ignore it if you can. And, and it's, it's just a really, really bad cycle all the way around. Well said that, that, that is the issue. So if we can, if, you know, groups like yours, and that's, that's why I'm so excited about this and, you know, uh, personal experience with it. But, you know, beyond that, just the fact of knowing what music can do for people. And then if there's, when you watch these videos and you see what this does for someone who's been, uh, 
completely, I won't say vegetable, that's not the right word, but completely unresponsive to other people for so long. And then all of a sudden the song plays and the joy comes back and it's infectious and, and it's just a wonderful thing. So to that end, how can people get involved with your group? Uh, they can go to the Music and Memory website, musicandmemory.org, um, and uh, they can volunteer. They can help. Um, they can run an iPod donation drive. We have a little book so kids can run it in their schools. Let's collect old old iPods that are sitting around unused. Everybody's moved on from those to their right. smartphones. And even uh, and um, they can um, um, go to local facilities and help them load the music. They can uh, learn what preferences. They can do a little investigative work and talk to members of a family and find out what someone really loved. And then they can sit with someone and really... Uh, help them sort of experience the music together with them. We have colleges where the kids have their little uh, headphone splitters and, and they're both uh, three feet away, eye to eye. They both share an individual's music. And it's funny, it's, it's not just great for the elderly person or elder, um, it's, it's fantastic for the kids. The kids say, holy mackerel, I made this happen. This is the best thing I've ever done in my life. This is the most meaningful thing. Um, and then as a result, say, you know what? I want to work in a nursing home. And, you know, most people don't want to typically. And, and that's a challenge that industry has. How do you attract right. kids? And so that's just a whole other piece. But I, I see that happening because people really say, oh, these open, there is someone there. It is a normal person. And, even if, and forget about Alzheimer's as well. Um, you know, just everybody in the nursing home, they're all just like us older, just older <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, and and I guess to go back to what that kid did with the Reddit video, I mean, it's 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 paused for all of us to think about this, you know, and this is something that everybody in every family is we're all together in this in some mm -hmm. way, form or another, mm -hmm. you know. So, um, so I really I, this has just been fascinating, and and we're going to make sure that we can do what we can do to kind of get the word out. Uh, I want to just repeat the website. It's it's triple uh, w music and memory dot org yeah. a n d right. And of course you can you can Google it, and you can also get some information from us on on our blog. Uh, we have some information there, and we'll be getting some more stuff out in in and around this I to try and get the get the word out. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So sure. So the Henry video clip. Um, is part of a larger um, film, a documentary that won actually the Sundance uh, Audience Award. So what does that mean? That means in 2014, there were 4,000 U.S. documentaries submitted um, to Sundance and a panel uh, narrowed that down to 16 films. And then the 50,000 people who attended, who went to Park City, Utah to look at these 16 films, they chose the name of the movie is Alive Inside, the story of music and memory, as their favorite. And it's not, a, it's not a maudlin, kind of depressing movie. It's very inspirational. People love it. And it's great to watch with your kids, grandkids, parents, grandparents. Um, and uh, um, it, it's a very upbeat movie that people often say is the best um, movie or documentary they've ever seen. Oh, it's an absolutely wonderful film. And that's why I was, I was hoping... I, I'm glad you brought that up because I was kind of going around the end and didn't get to talk about the whole film itself. So, so thanks. It is absolutely uh, just a soul-staring piece piece of work, and and because I think it's so personal to to so many people, it's it just gives you chills. And for those of us who are involved in music in one way, shape, matter, or form, we're kind of all going like, yeah, that's what we've been trying to tell you for all these years. You know, it's music is an important thing to all of us. Yes. So. It's wonderful. Um, and they can see it. And they can see it on uh, Netflix. Everybody can make this happen for their own family member in their own community, um, um, in their own state. I mean, it's just one of those things that everybody either knew someone, knows someone, or will soon. 
um, who's uh, you know who could benefit from this. And to get every, my thing is to really get everybody in your family, even if they're healthy and home, um, to have their own music, so that if and when they should enter the healthcare system, they go into the hospital for whatever reason. All of a sudden, you know, it's not like oh, what music did I like? Oh, they had a stroke. Well, we don't know. They can't tell us anymore. Or they, right. or you know. Um, so I'm always bringing my friends and everything, regardless of why they're in the hospital. Their favorite music, <laughs> they'll just they'll just have a better time. They'll be there. Better yeah, yeah. Watching the TV the whole time. So you know, if you've if you've got a church group or a youth group or or just a business group, and you're looking to, to get involved um, in an iPod collection, and and just kind of hit the website, the musicandmemory.org website, or you can certainly con- uh, contact me at the listening room at kefamerica.com, and I will get it out to Dan. And you know, if you wanted to set up a, any kind of a, a drive for that, and are there other ways that that people can help out besides just the iPod collections? I think just doing this for everybody, doing this for themselves, um, really making this happen in their families, getting everyone in their family, including yourself. You know, a lot of people listening, we may love music, but we don't necessarily have all our music in one place in our own playlist. So let's right. do it for ourselves um, because it's just a cool thing to do. It's a lot of fun. and But then make sure everybody else has it um, so they can enjoy their music now while they're home and healthy and they can have it ready to go the rest of their lives, wherever they are, whatever their issues they face. Um, that would be the, probably my number one kind of request. That's wonderful. That's really a beautiful request, too. And, Dan, you guys are doing really great work. And, and I know all of us at KEF and, and, and myself personally are just wishing you just absolute continued success and the strength to keep going and fighting this good fight because it's really a wonderful thing that you guys are doing. So and I really appreciate you coming out and spending some time with me today. My pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, helping getting the word out. So that's been uh, Dan Cohen, the executive director at the Music and Memory Project. They're, they're based in Manhattan, but you can catch them at musicandmemory.org. That's musicandmemory.org. And please keep an eye out for the next listening room. But in the meantime, you can check out KEF at KEF.com and KEFDirect.com. Plus, you can keep up with my blog at KEFDirect.com. And if you want to search um, the listening room tab on the blog and then look for the uh, Music is Memory Therapy uh, piece, and you'll get some more information about them, and you'll see snippets from the video and all if you want to go ahead and check that out. Uh, you can also stay up to date with all things KEF by following us on Twitter at KEF underscore America and on Facebook at Facebook.com. Slash Kef America. As I mentioned before, you can drop me a line at the listening room at kefamerica.com. And uh, if you do have any questions for, for Dan or for his group and, and you want to get them to me, I'll be more than happy to send them along. In the meantime, my name is Jack Sharkey, and this is the listening room, and we'll see you next time.